Good morning. I'm glad to be here. I'm glad that everyone uh, made the effort to be here this morning. Whenever Mike first asked me to give this lesson, I told him, thanks for giving me this lesson, but you gave me the hardest one. Something I had never heard anything ever taught on was fasting. The discipline of fasting. That's what we're going to talk about this morning. Have you ever heard, uh, before I start that, this is something I, that I haven't heard, but I, I really was interested in learning this. There, there's a lot of things that I learned about this. We talked uh, Later in the sermon, we're going to talk about six things that we need to fast for, six reasons we would want to fast. So to start the lesson out, we lack discipline. We're people that uh, we lie to ourselves. We, when we say we're going to do something, sometimes we mess up. We don't do that. We don't follow through with these things. One thing that I've said to myself many times is tomorrow I'm going to start reading my Bible. We've all heard of a New Year's resolution. That's something I started this year. I told myself I was going to read my Bible every day, make it through the entire Bible. Guess what? That didn't happen. I started out the first day. I read my my reading, got through two weeks of it, did really good. Then the last, like two weeks later, forgot to do it. Just stop doing it altogether. I didn't have time for it. I had other things I needed to do. And maybe you do the same thing. Maybe you say, tomorrow I'm going to start listening to my parents. You know, they, they have good wisdom, but then that, come, that time comes and you mess up again. What about tomorrow I'm going to be happy? You know, this happens to me a lot too. Tomorrow I'm going to be happy. Today I had a bad attitude, but tomorrow I'm going to start over and I'm, I'm going to be happy from now on. It doesn't happen sometimes. But are you weak? We lack discipline because we are weak. We're weak people without God. Michael was telling me that after they got back on their cruise, before they went on their cruise, Carrie had a strict diet plan for him to follow on that cruise. And uh, we all know what an all-you-can-eat, all-you-can-eat restaurant is. That, that's what was on this cruise. Everything was paid for. Michael knew that. And so... Carrie allotted him his green beans, his mashed potatoes, his one steak. But then the server came and said, can I get you anything else? Michael said, can I get another steak? She said, yeah, that's free. Everything's paid for. So she brought him another steak. It's because our human body, we're weak. We give in to our fleshly desires. We lack discipline and we think we are strong, but without God, we're very weak. And if you're weak like I am, you can use something to focus your mind. You know, maybe we're proud. You get, uh, maybe you're playing a basketball game and you you think, man, I'm so great. I did all this. But no, we can't do that without God. Maybe you're jealous. You you focus on what some other people have. Maybe you, you covet somebody's MacBook that they just got and you want one of those. Maybe you're in, you think you're independent of God. Those are all things that, that we are weak. And without God, we can't do anything. And yeah, if you're weak like I am, you can use something to focus your mind. You need help. And fasting can do that. Look at John 6.27. It says, Do not labor for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures for everlasting life, which the Son of Man will give to you, because God the Father has set seal on Him. This is just saying, focus on God. Focus on what can give you eternal life. Don't focus on that meal, that, that, fleshly, that fleshly food that's, that's going to perish. Focus on eternal life. 
So fasting. All fasting is, is we're focusing on our spiritual food rather than our physical food. We're not focusing on what we're going to have for the meal that day. We're focusing on God. God is more important to me than physical food. That's what we're going to say to ourselves when we're fasting. A lot of people get a fast confused with a diet. That's what I did whenever I was young. So people are saying they're fasting. All they're doing is dieting. That's all. But dieting is abstaining for physical reasons. It's because I realize that I'm heavy or I need to lose weight. It's because I want to look good. Or maybe I want to feel better. Do you do that kind of stuff? Do you? I mean, you've all probably dieted at some point. But fasting, on the other hand, fasting is abstaining from food for spiritual reasons. It's because I want to be good. I want to be closer to God. I want to be more Christ-like. I want to be closer to God. As a baby, we all crave food. When, we, when baby Spencer comes over for the day, we, we feed him at lunch and he, and he laughs and he just really wants food. And as we get, as we get older and we get to be adults, we crave food. We get on our daily schedule where we want to eat. Every meal, we're, we're ready to eat. And when that meal time comes around, we're hungry. We want to eat. A few weeks ago, actually a few months ago now, Jordan and I were at Bed Bath & Beyond making our registers. or We were registering for our wedding. And we got there about 11 o'clock, and we left about 5, 5.30. And she looked at me and she said, What's wrong? And I said, I'm hungry. We haven't eaten all day. It's because my body was telling me it's time to eat. It's time to get food. It's because I rely on food. What do you think about when you think about Moses? What about Israel, Daniel, Elijah? I think those are pretty godly men, don't you? Don't you think? But guess what? They all fasted. All these people fasted. They believed in God. They obeyed God. And they used fasting to help them with that. What about the apostles? Here's a New Testament example. The apostles all fasted. Then our, the person who we look to for our example, our example in everything, Jesus. Jesus fasted. And I hope that, uh, that you'll use His example as we study and you'll implement fasting into your life. When we fast, we are denying our most basic need, our desire, our want for food. And we're saying, God, You are more important to me. I don't need to eat and I can focus on Your Word and Your will for me. All of y'all know what a guard is. It's a night guard or night watch. When uh, Maybe you've seen Lord of the Rings or something like that, and they have these big castles, and they have these 100-foot-tall walls, and on top of these walls, you have somebody watching at night, and they're watching for people that are coming into the, into the kingdom, or they're, they're watching for enemies that might do something to the camp or to the kingdom. But a guard... Their sole purpose is to watch for enemies. They're to keep everybody safe and watch for people that are coming into the camp. But they're deprived of, at night, they're deprived of sleep. They don't sleep so they can protect. And by their deprivation, they keep people safe. But a Christian, on the other hand, our purpose, our sole purpose here, is to serve God, to obey God. And by fasting, we can be deprived of food. And by our deprivation, we focus on God's Word. We focus on what He wants us to do. We can focus on Christ. We can study, that, study His Word. We are expected to fast. I looked and I looked in the New Testament, or in the Bible, or in the New Testament mainly, 
And there's no place that we're commanded to fast. But Jesus did say, I expect you to fast. We read of that in Matthew 9, verses 14 and 15. Then the disciples of John came to him, saying, Why do we and the Pharisees fast often, but your disciples do not fast? And Jesus said to them, Can the friends of the bridegroom mourn as long as the bridegroom is, is with them? But the days will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them, and then they will fast. After I'm gone, they will fast. Right there. After I'm gone, they will fast. Christ expects us to fast. He's telling this to his, about it. He's talking about his disciples. Are you a disciple of Christ? Are you, a, are you willing to fast? Jesus said you would, so why aren't you fasting? We're expected to fast. Some more examples here in the New Testament. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 5 says, Do not deprive one another with consent for a time that you may give yourselves to fasting and prayer and come together so that Satan does not tempt you because you lack because of your lack of self-control. This is talking mainly to husbands and wives. Saying that when you fast, you're not going to have any physical contact because you're, you're teaching your body that you're not going to give in to those fleshly desires. Also, uh, let's look at Acts 14, verse 23. And this is talking about Paul and Barnabas. Uh, they were ordaining elders in Lystra, Iconium, and Antioch. There it says, So when they had appointed elders in every church and prayed with fasting, they commended them to the Lord in whom they had believed. During this time where it was really important to, to get good men, to have good men that were going to serve God and lead, a, lead the, the assembly, they fasted. They prayed over that because it was important. They needed God's help making that decision. 2 Corinthians, uh, Paul talks about in fastings often, uh, during all of his struggles, he, he fasted because he needed help. So we ha- here, now we're going to talk about uh, the six different ways or the six different reasons that we need to fast. And the first one of those is struggles. We all have temptations. You have temptations uh, as you go through your daily life. And that what this is, is things keep reoccurring. Think, temptation keeps coming back. We all have that. Have you fasted about that? Maybe uh, at work you hate, somebody just keeps getting on your nerves so bad, and you say, Today I'm going to be happy with them. I'm going to be happy with them for the rest, of the rest of the time I work with them. But the next day, maybe you get upset with them again. You get mad at them. Maybe you're, uh, you have problems with your computer and looking at, at bad material. That's a temptation that keeps reoccurring. Have you fasted about that? Because it'll help. We're going to read about Jesus now in Matthew 4, verses 1 through 11. And this is when Satan leads him up to be tempted. It says, And Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterward he was hungry. Now when the tempter came to him, he said, If you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. But he answered and said, It is written... Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him up to the holy city, set him uh, on the pinnacle of the temple, and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge over you, and in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against the stone. And Jesus said to him, It is written again, You shall not tempt the Lord your God. 
Again, the devil took him up into an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, All these things I will give to you if you fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you, you shall serve. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and ministered to him. Right here, Jesus is tempted with three things. Three things that we're very familiar with. One is the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. The three things that God says that we're going to be tempted of. And here, Jesus uses fasting as a way to escape those temptations, to, to answer those temptations. Every time that Satan comes to him and tempts him, comes to him and tempts him, what does Jesus do? He retorts back with Scripture. He's, um, the way I look at this is that the entire 40 days that Jesus was fasting, he was, he was in his Old Testament. He was studying Scripture in order to have an answer when temptation came around. And we can use fasting to give an answer uh, to our temptation whenever we are tempted or when we have struggles. So what about guidance on decisions? Number two, and this is whenever you really just don't know what to do next. Have you fasted about that? It'll help. What about maybe you're moving and, and there's a church at one place or, or you're moving to a place that doesn't have a church and you really need help and, and guidance on making that decision on if you should move or not. Have you fasted about it? Let's look at Acts 13 verses 1 through 3. It says, Now in the church that was at Antioch there were certain prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of, Lucius of Cyrene, Manian, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. And they ministered to the Lord and fasted. The Holy Spirit said, Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then having fasted and prayed and laid hands on them, they sent them away. So, Paul and Barnabas, they were, they were ministers at this time. And, and they were looking for where they needed to go next. What, they needed, what their uh, next purpose was going to be. And in order to find out that answer, they fasted. They looked to God. They prayed to God, asking God for, for help on making that decision. And we're, we're ministers also. We need to be praying to God, asking God what He wants us to do next. And we can use fasting for that. So what about protection? What protection is, is having security, having a defense, have, being safe. Have you fasted about that if, you, if that's a problem? Maybe you're worried about, about your kids while they're at school. There's a lot of temptations that they're going to have. And you want them to have protection. Have you fasted about that? Have you prayed about that? I hope you will. Let's look at Ezra 8.21. What's happening here is the tribe of Judah, they're moving from their homeland and they're going to Jerusalem. And what they say, what it says there is, Then I proclaimed a fast there at the river of Ahava, that we might humble ourselves before our God, to seek from Him the right way for us and our little ones and all our possessions. These people, they were wanting to be kept safe. They were praying and they were fasting for protection. They wanted to feel uh, like they were safe. And so they fasted. What about repentance? Maybe you're repentant for something and you're trying to focus on not reverting back to what you repented for. Have you fasted about it? 
Let's look at Acts 9, verses 8 through 9. And what this is talking about is Saul's conversion. Um, just before this verse, Saul or Jesus appeared to Saul with him in a big flash of light and it blinded Paul or yeah, blinded Paul. And Jesus said, Go go to Damascus, I'm gonna, and then I'm gonna tell you what you need to do next. Verse 8 we pick up and it says, Then Saul arose from the ground, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no one, because he was blind. But they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And he was there three days without sight, and neither ate nor drank. Paul was Paul here was focusing on his repentance. He wasn't eating because he was focused on repenting. He he knew he had been killing Christians, been persecuting the church, and he was trying to to revert away from that. He wanted to to serve God, and he was ready for the answer of what he was supposed to do next. Number five, what about mourning? Maybe you've lost somebody. You've lost someone very dear to you. And, and you need to look to God. You need God for, for, uh, to build you up, to help you during that time of struggle or time of mourning. Have you fasted about it? Fasting can help us turn to Scripture. Let's look at Daniel 10, verses 1 through 3. It says, In the third year of Cyrus the king of Persia, a message was revealed to Daniel, whose name was called Belshazzar. The message was true, but the appointed time was long. And he understood the message and had understanding of the vision. In those days, I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks. I ate no pleasant food, no meat or wine came into my mouth, nor did I anoint myself at all, till three whole weeks were fulfilled. What this is here is a partial fast. It's where you take out certain parts of your diet. We're going to talk about that here in a little while. But here, the countrymen of Daniel... Um, they were building a temple to serve God. And, and what was happening is they, were, uh, they had many adversaries from the Persian court that were inhibiting their ability to build this temple. And Daniel knew that it was going to take him a long time. And he was very sad about that. So he fasted about it. He fasted for them. With number six, maybe you have a great job or task set before you. God has given you a mission, and uh, maybe it's to, to preach on Sunday. And, and you have so many obstacles in your way. You have so many things that are diverting your attention from that. Have you tried fasting? Maybe you're so overwhelmed and you can't focus. Fasting can help you focus your mind. Good example of this. All of y'all know what that is right there. You're all very familiar with Netflix. I was very familiar with Netflix during my college career. And I knew, I, I knew every week that I was going to have a test on Friday. But I always reverted to this. During my study time, I always had Netflix sitting right there in front of me, tempting me. But I figured out if I, take, if I unplug that TV, move it in the other room, I'm not going to be tempted of it. It's not going to be a deterrent for me from studying. And by fasting, we're removing our fleshly desire, our want for food, and we're able to focus our mind. It's removing anything that's keeping me from focusing on God is what fasting's doing. So we've looked at, at reasons to fast. Now let's look at types of fasting. We talked about the partial fasts, where you abstain from certain types of food. That's what Daniel did in Daniel chapter 10. It's where we're eating... Um, we're just taking out certain parts of our diet. 
Next we have the total fast. That's what we're most familiar with. It's where you're taking out all your food, all of, the, the, all of your diet except for water. You're still drinking water. And then we have the supernatural fast. That's where we're taking out everything. Everything, food and water. We're not putting anything into our body. The word supernatural there is attributed to some force beyond scientific understanding. God. Uh, the, uh, Jesus, um, Elijah, and Moses each did the supernatural fast. And they had to have God's help to do that. And when they took out all food and all water out of their diet. So how long should we fast when we fast? Most examples that we have in the Bible are one day. Uh, in order to prepare for this lesson, I did a fast of one day. And it wasn't easy. It's, it's, it really um, it takes a lot of, of hard work to do it. And I would recommend starting out with one day. And, just, and slowly gaining where you can go longer and longer without food. And it really helps. It really helps to focus your mind. We have examples in the Bible from one meal all the way to 40 days. So when we fast, we have to do it correctly. We, and we have examples in the Bible of how to do that correctly or how not to do it correctly or how the other people were doing it wrong. And if I'm going to fast, I have to make it very meaningful. Let's look at Matthew 6, 16-18. This is what Jason read for us this morning. It says, Moreover, when you fast, be not, do not be like the hypocrites with a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces that they may appear to men to be fasting. Assuredly, I say, they have their reward. But you, when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face so that you do not appear to men to be fasting, but to your Father who is in a secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. All this is saying is when you fast, do it in secret. These hypocrites here, they were fasting so that they could have the praises of men, so that they would be seen of men. That word anoint there means to wash. Basically, just wash your face, comb your hair, be like you normally would. Be, use your same daily routine, just be like normal. Don't let people know what, that you're fasting. Isaiah 58, verses 3 through 4 says, Why have we fasted, they say, and you have not seen? Why have we afflicted our souls and you take no notice? In fact, in the day of your fast, you find pleasure and exploit all your laborers. Indeed, you fast for strife and debate and to strike with the fist of wickedness. You will not fast as you do this day to make your voice heard on high. While these people were fasting here, they were exploiting others. They were being very wicked. They were fighting, quarreling with people. And what this is saying is when we're fasting, we're not to do those things. We're not supposed to be hypocritical because we're fasting. Then right after that, right after verse 4 there, in verse 5, he says, this is how you fast. This is how I need you to fast. There it says, is it a fast that I have chosen? A day for a man to afflict his soul? Is it to bow down his head like a bulrush and to spread out sackcloth and ashes? Would you call this a fast and an acceptable day to the Lord? Is this not the fast that I have chosen? To loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, and that you break every yoke? That's what fasting can do. It can help us break the bonds of wickedness. It can help us uh, help let the oppressed go free. It can make us free. Servants to God. Continuing, it says, it is, not, is it not to share your bread with the hungry and that you bring your house to the poor who are cast out? 
When you see the naked that you cover him, and you hide not yourself, and you not hide yourself from your own flesh. When we're fasting, here they were given what they were going to eat, what they had prepared to eat. They were given that to somebody else to eat. And then the last thing, I guess, in conclusion. What we've talked about is if we learn to control our basic fleshly desire and our need to eat, our want for food, we can control the rest of our body. We can develop that self-control. Fasting without prayer and other spiritual disciplines is starvation. We've talked about prayer in, this, uh, in the last few months. We've talked about meditation. Without those, fasting is spiritual, spiritual starvation. We need those things in our life when we're fasting. It helps us focus our mind. It helps us be more Christ-like when we fast. And also, you will be closer to God whenever you fast. Last few uh, scriptures that we have. Here we have the story of Jonah. In verse 4, before this, Jonah says that uh, Jonah sent to Nineveh. And he's, uh, he's told these people that you're going to be destroyed. That, uh, your city is going to be destroyed. In verse 7 it says, And he caused it to be proclaimed and published throughout Nineveh by the decree of the kings and his nobles, saying, Let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything. Do not let them eat or drink water, but let man and beast be covered with a sackcloth and cry mightily to God. Yes, let every one of them turn from his evil way, from the violence that is in his hands. The earth was going to be destroyed. These people did not want to be destroyed. And so they said, what do we do? And, and Jonah gives them, or the, and they, this proclamation is sent out, and they fast. They use that time to focus their minds so that they're not going to be destroyed, so that they can understand the will of God. They didn't want to be destroyed. And then verse 10 says, Then God saw their works, that they turned from their evil way, and God relented from the disaster that He had said He would bring upon them, and He did it not. So by fasting, these people, they were able to focus their mind. They were able to become, uh, to obey God, see what God wanted them to do. And the last thing we're going to look at is 1 Corinthians 9.27. Paul said, But I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest when I preach to, my, to others, I myself should become disqualified. I hope that you will discipline your body by fasting. It can really help. It'll, it'll allow things that, that are going to tempt you, any struggles, uh, maybe when you're mourning, maybe you need to be comforted. It can help with that. And I hope that you will fast. Bring your body into subjection. Tell your body that you own it, not that it owns you. I hope that what we've talked about this morning has been very helpful. I hope that, uh, that you will implement fasting into your life. If the church can be in any, of any assistance to you, um, maybe in prayer, or maybe um, you want somebody to hold you accountable, that you will fast, that you're going to try and, and serve God better, we can help you with that. Maybe uh, you've been taught and you want to be baptized. You want to be baptized into Christ's body. We can help you with that too. Uh, come while we stand and sing.